0: Welcome listeners to another episode of the Authentic Conviction podcast. We are freshly jazzed up and uh, fresh off some of our design meetings um, with one of the projects that we mentioned in our previous, one of our previous episodes and one of our hub and spokes model uh, entities that we're working on is our Revel building project. And um, you could you could probably tell from the excitement in my voice when I was talking about it in, in, one, in our previous episode, but this building is just tremendous, but the building itself would not be even close to what it what it is now and what it's going to be when it's when it's complete without a lot of great people. And and one of those great teams um, that I'm referring to is the team of MA architects. And uh MA, I'm gonna let my my friends today uh, share the little bit about MA architects. And for me, it's awesome to have architects here sharing a lot of the vision that's gone into this building because similar to what I have done in a financial planning, uh, you know, meeting or working with a family or a business owner is you get to see, something from vision to execution, which is really cool. But somewhere between vision and execution, there's a lot of life that happens there. There's iterations, there's morphing. And so before we get into a lot of that, I want to introduce uh, our, our, our two guests today. Um, uh, our, our, our first guest, uh, we have a team of two from m a Architects. And the first one is Mr. Dan Yacovone. And ironically, I lived next to Dan for Thirteen years actually, and became good friends with his his family, um, and uh, that that friendship continued on. And I just believe in working in networks, so uh, that that's what uh, bridged that whole relationship uh, to, to to working from Revel to with M and A anyway. And then Dan inviting his awesome team, and he brought uh, one of the most. Awesome visionaries there is in terms of the design of the of the, of what we're doing and and just the overall personality of it is uh, is Mark Bryan and so you're going to get the ability to to listen uh, to both of them today but I'm going to first have them tell tell the listeners a little bit about themselves and their and their journey to MA and um, in a brief way so that we can get into some of the good content but it doesn't really hold any water unless they know who you are so Dan tell the listeners a little bit about yourself
1: thanks Joe Dan Yakovone and um, with MA I'm a senior project manager. I'm also in charge of business development in Cincinnati. We have uh, two offices: Cincinnati and Columbus. So um, Columbus is our kind of our headquarters. We have about 80 people up there and about 15 people down in Cincinnati. So overall, um, 95 people, almost 100. We do everything except for single family. So we do kind of the community projects, we do workplace projects, we do a lot of multifamily projects down here. We do healthcare. Cincinnati's been focused mostly on multifamily, but we've been doing a lot of um, workplace as well. And so I've done workplace in the past. I've worked on a lot of big corporate headquarters, uh, Google headquarters out in California, worked on that. And uh, my experience has been good for that. And so when you came to me originally, and we talked about this, you know, as you know, several years ago, what can we do with this building? I'm thinking about it, I need to move, you know, kind of come come over that fruition of how do we move forward? It was a great opportunity to kind of bring my expertise and your expertise and kind of the financial and uh, architecture in the building and pull it all together. Mm-hmm. And so probably this fall is when we started talking really about it. Um, I thought Mark would be the great person for this project because Mark's actually a certified futurist as well. I could let him explain a little bit more what that is because it's better than what I can explain. Um and so they say, so yes, yeah, so that's where we're at.
2: Yeah.
0: And personally, so uh, a lot of our listeners, man, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing a common Ohio State th- uh, theme here. You know, we got a guy working here now as a former quarterback, you know, uh, Buckeye quarterback, one of the one of the really solid quarterbacks they've had over the last 30 years. Tell us a little bit about personally where, you know, again, you went to Ohio State, um, a little bit more about you. So, yeah, I went to Ohio State, um, graduated from there, worked up there for a couple of years for a
1: large uh, national international firm worked on um, national projects kind of all across the US but also international too and then kind of came back to Cincinnati getting married moved back to Cincinnati took a job with a firm here in town for about five years went back to the firm I was working for in Columbus and for eight years I drove basically back and forth on 71 every day but I was working on a lot of international projects so a lot of projects in the Middle East and Russia Kazakhstan um, so all those kind of places so really you know Pulling in the uh, overall uh, fabric of these foreign countries and cities and tying it into the, the projects. So a lot of mixed-use development projects we were working on and university work in the Middle East with uh, Kuwait University. So I worked on a large project there as well. Um, so then eventually came back to Cincinnati and um, state and basically MA approached me and I was doing work in Columbus and Cincinnati and I had worked for firms in Cincinnati and Columbus. And so when an MA approached me, they said, you know, your name came up when we asked for about people in Cincinnati and your name came up when we asked people in Columbus, too. So we really want to talk to you because your name came up in both cities. So I, I feel like I have a good network of people and it made sense for me to kind of join MA to help grow the office. And that's what we've been doing.
0: That's all, so I heard uh, Google Campus and Kazakhstan. So I just have two simple questions or actually a simple question that relates to three people. Have you bumped into Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, or Borat? (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) My listeners would smack me if I didn't at least ask that for the amount of times that I've said on the line in this, in this podcast. So now we'll, now we'll go back over to Mark here. I'm just, uh, so Mark has been the visionary behind a lot of this and you guys see the actual teamwork behind this, but, uh, we had one of our final rendering meetings today, if you want to call it that and looking at, you know when you when you look at a, at a at an empty building, which is really what we have—a shell of a building. Actually, it's worse than a shell because it needs a little bit of demo work done, right? But then, then, then to see beyond what it is and look what it can be, and you've got to take all these ideas of what we do and actually make them a reality first on paper, then hand it off to the construction managers, but then watch the whole project, you know, flourish. So um, that's really what Mark has done, and he's done it beyond even what I had hoped, actually, after today. It was just amazing to sit and watch that process. So first and foremost, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, how you got to M&A, and then we'll get into a little bit of the project.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks. Glad to be here. So um, I am uh, from the East Coast, I am not an Ohioan. Um, I actually grew up in Delaware, the state. And I learned you had to say Delaware state when I came here because I tell people I'm from Delaware and they're like, oh, Delaware. And I'm like, what's wrong with Columbus? Delaware? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I grew up in the East Coast, went to school at Virginia Tech, uh, got, have a degree, a bachelor's of science in interior design, and then um, worked in DC for a little while, worked at a national firm there, uh, working on everything from uh, higher education to healthcare, and then uh Moved to Ohio uh, uh, because of some family things and kind of fell in love with Columbus, Ohio. You know, it's a, it's a great place, it's a very friendly place to live. Uh, was working at a national firm. Dan and I kind of crossed like two ships in the night, never really passed each other, but we're working at the same place. Uh, again, working on some projects over in Russia and then some local here uh, nationally. And then bounced my way around to Columbus um, and found my way to MA. And so I've been at MA since uh, 2012. Uh, was brought in on the Bob Evans Corporate Headquarters project and then have just been touching everything since. So I run the gamut of healthcare, higher education, retail, multifamily, workplace, um, just really doing a lot of different things because I have a lot of varied background in doing those kind of projects. Um, And so I've been there for the past nine years and have have loved it because we have a very good um, process for creating vision, for creating stories. You know, our manifesto is enriching lives through uh, innovative design, which resonates very well with my core values Um, And they also just are a great supportive company. So I am now our director of innovation and research too, and by way of uh, getting my certification as a futurist. So I'm constantly three to five years ahead, looking at all the signals of what's coming down the pike and then translating that into uh, trends, translating that into the stories, so that we can future set our clients to be prepared for what's coming next. Um, And so it's been a great evolution for me, but I still get to work on great projects like Revel, where I can really take the stories and bring them to life and that's kind of where we came into play with dan interesting me to you and to your team of you know hey we've got this idea we've got this great uh place we've got all of these things we want to put into it now how are we creating the right story to bring people together Mm -hmm. and so um we went through a, a great process to get there
0: yeah um you're lucky I didn't know that you're a uh, Virginia Tech hokey because oh, yeah. I would have been talking a lot of trash when Notre Dame has been beaten up on them the last couple of years, but I'll leave it alone.
2: It's okay. I, what I love is that actually Virginia Tech beat uh, OSU, and I, so I lived here when they beat them, and we were actually at the game, and I actually left at halftime because I was wearing my hokey colors, and we were getting some not-so-nice and friendly looks because we came into it as the underdog, and for some reason, we just...
0: And beat them pretty bad. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll leave that one alone, too. We're on the same side on that one. All right. I want the whole idea of this this podcast is called Authentic Conviction. And I truly feel that if if what we're putting out, which started as this little project and it's quickly grown, I mean, we have we have more more participation in this podcast than I would have ever dreamed in this first year. It's pretty neat. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of it because my hope is that people have a moment where they can say, you know what? I'm tired of focusing on Um, what I'm doing or what I want to be or the project or the money or anything like that, we can actually put the focus on who am I you know, and, and, and who am I first, right? So who do I need to be? So then I can do the right things and then have the things that I want instead of a have do be mindset, which is what our, a lot of our culture really does in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've attacked it from, from the approach of talking to college students, you know, about how you pick your courses based on who you are, not about the glamorous job you think you're going to want and then hate two years after you graduate. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so if I can narrow it down in this perspective that we're talking about today, which is this Revel building project that we're talking about, you know, this started with, with a, all right, we got this building, we have a general idea. We knew we wanted some event space because there's a great need for it, right? There's this weird turnaround time right now where a lot of the event spaces that were, were um, in vogue 15, 20 years ago are now getting a little bit outdated. Mm-hmm. And even if they go and take the time to redo them, what they can't pick is a new location, right? And they can't change their brand really because it's pretty set in stone at that point. So we had the chance to make a splash in that marketplace. We also liked the idea of the co-working space. Selfishly, I knew that I was going to be one of the big tenants paying rent because I wanted a place that I could pay rent that I really enjoyed. So it all started with, with maybe three or four staples that we knew were solid. But then from there it was all right, what do we it's it's it goes beyond just how many how many spaces how many parcels quote unquote do we need, right? How many tenants do you have? But what do you want the overall look and feel to be? What do you want this if it had a name, what would its name be? What what would the eye color be? What would the hair color be, right? Which is easy for you and I Mark. Um <laughs> People all can't see on podcasts, that, yeah. but yeah, like we're just easy, low maintenance, you know, but, but really, really fashionable with our do anyway. So when, on your side of it, when you're sitting with, with a group like us and you know me, I'm a visionary, I'm not the detail guy. And you say, all right, I got to get an idea of what, what I need to be dangerous. What goes through your mind when you're sitting in a situation and use the Revel project specifically to say, all right, I got to get it from a to like at least N <laughs> before we can at think about getting it to Z, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. how does that look for you?
2: So, I mean, you hit on a couple of things that I think are really interesting. Um, so when this project, you know, and Dan brought this project to us, I got really excited about it because, um, you know, it was a little bit before the pandemic and then during the pandemic, but what was happening is a lot of generations are shopping with their, with their values. And so they're going forward with making sure that they are going with brands, they're going with companies that align with their values. And so we're talking more about how the stories become much more important for space Um, because of the pandemic, we're seeing a lot more spaces that want to become multimodal, uh, where they've got different functionality happening. So that way, if they ever have to go dark again, maybe only one portion of them goes dark versus the entire space or the entire operation going dark. And so that's what I really loved about this, this uh, Rebel project when uh, it was brought to me because I was like, well, this is going to check a lot of the boxes that we think are going to be future trends, very powerful trends, macro trends that are going to allow people for success. So the first thing that ever goes through my mind is, is is that thing. What's the story? You know, what's the experience want to be? And we at MA Architects are very good at helping to kind of draw that out of our clients. And we've got several exercises. One of them is the visioning session. And that's what we took you guys through. We basically said, okay, let's just hear from you. Like, let's talk about what your drivers are. Let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about the demographics. And then let's maybe talk that, uh, take that through the lens of what are the trends that we're looking at to make sure that we're all moving in the right direction so that we all have that same education process. And then that visioning session is powerful because usually we're looking at some emulator images to talk about aesthetics, we're talking about drivers, and so that can be vocabulary. Um, and we're having people create these almost mood boards of what they think that future experience wants to look like. Maybe not necessarily saying, we want green walls, we want blue walls. We're just talking about, okay, we know we want this experience to be positive. We want it to be memorable. We want it to be um, create an impression on you. And so that's some of the kind of verbiage that came out during our visioning session with you guys. And But there was one phrase that really came out, and it was this um, bold made simple. And I think that struck home with a lot of us because you said, you know, Bold Made Simple is really authentic. And we can take that and we can translate that in many different ways to create a space that is memorable, that's iconic, but also familiar too. And so we took that idea and we came up with this concept of activated carbon. And um, it is now what we're using to translate through the rest of the space. Um, And I can talk through that a little bit more, but I don't know if that answers your first question or if you want me to expand on that a little bit more.
0: Well, what I didn't tell you is like at the the core of what you talk about, just little messages and signals that come at you. There's so much to unpack there. I'll I'll be brief Um, because I do want to talk about the dynamics between, you know, the team with you and Dan and how, you know, things get moved back and forth. But when you came up with that, um, a couple things hit my mind. First of all, it nailed it because, you know, when you have a look, it's really difficult to say, I got this idea in my mind. But how do, I, how do I get that to a point where it's actionable? You know, how do we get it to a point where we're looking at it in a rendering right now and we see color, scheme, format, what's, da- what's, what's, what's ahead of us, not what's behind us, with your, with your future thinking, you know, um, being forward thinking. But the fact that just the, the, the two words that you came up with, um, activated carbon, have the same initials as, as the core of everything that I do, which is authentic conviction. And I was like, that's kind of a cool, you know, I don't know if you thought about that, Josh, but it's just such a cool thing. And it really resonates with me that, you know, the little signals along the way, I just believe that they're leading you and giving you affirmation that you're doing the right things. But the look and the feel has been so tremendous. But that's exactly what I was looking for. And you're right. We wanted it bold yet simple because we, we do feel that people that are in this building will be, they should revel in the things that they, they have going on. Um, whether it's the co-working space. That's an energy that you can't really replicate. You know, people can revel in their work and enjoy what they're doing. In the event space, there might be your, your, your family members getting married in that space, you know, or you're having a 50th uh, party for, for your parents or a, a retirement party for your grant, whatever. That is a moment in life that you should revel in, you know. So I think the activated carbon actually ties in perfectly with the whole name and image and brand of what we're trying to create. So that part of it's really cool. So um, in terms of how, so obviously I started this process with you, Dan. So you you kind of become the project manager. So when you're when you're starting out in this, you know, in this process, and you're and you're the you're the the quarterback, if you will, at first. I even told you this in one of the meetings that um, I love the. I'm sure there's a lot of great people, but. Um, you know, having Mark at the forefront of it was your decision, I believe, but it was like, you knew that would be a good mix, right? So what goes through as, as the quarterback of this project, what kind of went through your mind early? And, uh, I have a follow-up question on my hold, because I also want to know at what point do you get honest with somebody and say, I don't know if I really think this is a good idea, yeah. <laughs> right? But where, how do you start that project thinking, you know, as the quarterback of this whole deal?
1: Yeah. So I think every project we do at MA, we try to start kind of big picture, you know, a thousand feet up, up in the sky of how can we pull together the best team for this project? And so um, when you first came to me and you're talking about your ideas and thoughts, and there there was a lot of them, which is good, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's kind of like, how do we narrow down the best to where we're going and what we're seeing? Um, And so that's when I thought Mark would be a good one to pull in because – he's good at figuring out what the, he mentioned about that story. Like, what is the story? Like, it's a mixed-use kind of multi-tenant building. It's got all these different functions, but how do they play together? And how mm-hmm. do they all kind of come together? And what's the story they tell that they, is why they all fit together? And so I thought Mark would be a good one to kind of really kind of – he steps back a lot and kind of just listens to uh, the clients and figures out, okay, what's they what do they want to do with this building? What's the end product want to be? What's the – what's their kind of goals with this project and how do we kind of put the guardrails on it with through visioning and other things to kind of narrow down on what that view is and how do we get more and more specific to exactly this is the project and this is how we move forward. We come up with that with you as the client so that's I think that's something that sets us apart with others in the industry is that we don't come with like preconceived ideas or notions of like you know, it's got to be read because of this or whatever it might be. It's like, really, it's like we step back and listen to our clients and figure out, okay, what's the best option for you? And how does, because we're going to walk away at the end. Mm-hmm. You're going to live at the project every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully I'll come and visit often, but right, you know, right. Um, you're the I'm one sure that's you gonna will. In the door every day. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one who walks in the door every day. And so, how do we kind of create the best thing for
0: you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I, I really am curious on this uh, because you've done a great job. I will tell you that the, the feel I pay attention. Gosh, I use this every single time on this. Maybe it should be our, 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 I don't know, our, our uh, mantra, if you will. Um, but Maya Angelou, you know, I don't always remember what you say, but I remember how it made me feel. And, and it's, it is interesting that I always bring that up because I, I live that and breathe that, you know, when I walked into your space, other than you having to come down and help me park on the street, because I'm, I'm an old man, apparently, and I don't have to drive downtown anymore. If I do, I'm in an Uber. Figure
1: out, figure out the meters now and everything. I
0: notice how I feel the second I walk in and the, the overall feel of the team and just like, oh, yeah, well, let's come in here. And everybody's I see everybody even on our conference calls. I know sometimes it's probably distracting for you, but you never, ever show any anything other than calmness, I, I don't know how you do it. Um, you're like, you're made to, to deal with toddlers. <laughs> so I hope that's in, in, in you and your husband's future. I really do because... Uh, We'll talk about that, but I'm just saying you are made to be a absolutely perfect patient man that deals with it. Cause I would have been like, shut up. I'm on, I'm on a call, whatever. But the reason I never let it bother me is because I'm like, that is true teamwork. That's a true collaboration of people loving on each other, knowing there's a comfort level there. And by the way, that permeates, you know, through our, our, what we're doing. And so when you make a decision for us to have a, very big expenditure when you're picking a team like an architect or a construction manager or whatever. Um, that's a big one. And so to be validated by seeing now, not everybody thinks like me, they probably want more, more strict regimented, you know uh, uh, rigid lines at, at the office. I love it. So I don't think that it's a coincidence that you guys have that culture. I think culture is never coincidence. So, you know, how, how do you think that that plays into how you guys work together in terms of building that culture?
1: It's really, it's like listening and being at the same table as that person. Um, I kind of mentioned a little bit of it before, but it's really, it's like, you know, we're, we're part of the team. We're a partner in it, um, but you give everybody respect as well. And so Mm -hmm. you let them talk, you you try to figure out what they're saying and try to pick the pieces in that conversation to say, okay, what's the real driver for that comment or that discussion or whatever as it what's their real kind of, what's, what is their, uh, their splinter or what is their biggest kind of concern with, this, you know, it's, it's expense. It's, you know, are we going to rent it? Or, you know, how often is the event space going to be used? But it's like, how do you figure out what all those those pieces are and come up with a bright solution for
0: it? Mm-hmm. So. so you're literally putting the jigsaw together. Yeah. And I, I would argue that without culture and without strong relationships, people don't play nicely together in a sandbox. Right. Right. So, um, and if you have too many dominating personalities, I mean, you got to have people that are, that are a little bit more submissive in those meetings, if you will, and people that are a little bit more alpha, right, in those meetings. And who's going to take the lead and who's going to be okay with that, right?
1: And I will say, too, like, I think part of that is culture, our internal culture, which I think starts at the top and works its way all the way down through all the levels of people at our, at our company. And so, you know, our president, our managing uh, partners, they're all kind of that same mm-hmm. Openness, transparency, you know, you come to them with any ideas or thoughts or concerns and they'll give you an honest answer what you know d- to do or point you in the right direction on where to get help kind of. Mm-hmm. And I think we're a teamwork too is a big thing internally for us is that it's, there's never somebody that's left like doing something till 10 o'clock at night by themselves that everybody always pitches in and like, how can I help you? What do you need help with? And Mark's been that a lot with one of our interior designers down here where she basically is somewhat on an island she's the only one in the office but mark she'll reach up to mark and say hey mark i got this thing coming up can you help me and he's like well have you done this this and this and she's like well no not yet And he's like okay i got it. you know pull it all together and help mm-hmm. you know and so it's that kind of culture it it goes from the top to the bottom i think with
2: nma i mean we're people first when it comes down to it i mm-hmm. think that's that's what you're hearing is that Yes, we're designers. Yes, we're architects. And yes, we have clients that we're responsible for. But our culture comes from being people first oriented. Mm -hmm. And then that translates into all of our projects through the human centered design that we focus on through all the behaviors that we're looking at. Because at the end of the day, you know, that enriching lives part, it's not just for our clients, it's for ourselves too. Because what I found at MA, and I've worked at a number of firms, is that this place supports me and it supports my career that I want to go, but it also supports my my personal life. They are very passionate about making sure that we have the right work-life balance, which, which I don't. I will admit that first and foremost. But <laughs> at the same time, they, they do things like, so we have our, our CSRs, our Corporate Social Responsibility Platforms, and they're very passionate about making sure that we have time, like they give us volunteer time to go and volunteer for these organizations because they believe in it. And so they're demonstrating value of what we should be following. And I think that's what a true leader does. And I think that's why we have the culture that we do.
0: You know, for like today, we had a moment where we're looking at these renderings. And it's like, because I can't wait to ask you guys one of the last questions um, in a little bit here. But um, we're looking at the renderings. And it's like, it's kind of like when I walk into the mall, you know, let's say you're walking into Nordstrom's, my eye always goes to the most expensive stuff. I'm like, you know, I look at those shoes, I'm like, oh my gosh, those are some nice shoes. And you go, of course, they're 550 bucks, right? So, you know, this design is the same way. It's like, I mentioned a couple of things, like, I'd love to have retractable domes and, and glass features that, but it's like, it, does it fit in your budget, right? Like we have partners in this deal that are putting, you know, resources into this. We have put a great deal of resources, financial and otherwise into this. I probably put, uh, you know, an exorbitant amount of hours every single week on this since August of last year. Um, w- without, without a single dollar of compensation, right? Like it's actually the opposite. So now that all has to come to a head when you're sitting there saying, okay, I'm looking at this and I love this drawing, but then the question came, because not only do we have the architects in the room, but we got the general contractors there too, is this looks awesome, but are we in Nordstrom's? Do we need to maybe scale it back and go to Marshall's? or You know what I mean? Like, and not a knock on either, either place, but, you know, budget-wise. And so then your response when we said that was...
2: I mean, we uh, are the partner to help you figure that out. We're the people who, like, so we practice smart design and that we're gonna make sure that based off of our story, we're going to figure out the right place to put the design in the right location. We're gonna make sure that we're thinking about it from an experience perspective. So when people are coming into the space, where are they going, what are they doing, who are they interacting with? what is the priority? And we've had that conversation with you on numerous times where we say, okay, we've got this thing and we've got this thing. What's going to be the priority for you guys to want to focus on? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and that's where that, that idea of activated carbon is so great because it came about because carbon binds us all together. You know, mm-hmm. it's the basic building block of life.
0: I love that. And
2: then we took that and said, okay, so what are the other forms of carbon that are out there? There's different allotropes that are out there. So you've got diamonds and you've got uh, coal. And so we said, those are things we can start to bring in. Especially because when you start to think about the space for Revel, there's a bunch of different components to it that all need to tie together so it doesn't feel like you're walking into a general mall. You know, that's what we wanted to do. Not That's what we wanted to make sure didn't happen mm-hmm. is that when people walked in, you felt the identity, you felt the individual of the identity spaces, but there was a collective that came together. Mm-hmm. And that's why we create these stories so that way... We have something to tie it back to you have a backbone to fall back on so that when whenever we do get into a difficult situation we can say okay does this align with our overall concept with our story or is it just something we're throwing in there because it's cool Mm -hmm. if it's something that we're throwing in there it's cool maybe that's a future ad that we want to do versus a today ad and so again having those stories really helps define and helps give us the decision and it gives us alignment right so that way people are not just saying well i like this and i like this how do we make a decision based off of that
0: you know the interesting thing is is I've and I'll kick it back over here, is is when I, if I had a dollar for every time I've driven by a building and it's got a coming soon, I'm like just build the darn thing, and then I'm like, now I'll never say that again because when we're at Sonder and and if we're having a pint with our friends over at Sonder, because that's the other thing that we really haven't talked about, is is how you know, we have really partnered a lot mentally and otherwise with Sonder because they had a great need for an event space, right? Like we had the, we have the advantage of having this amazing brewery right next door that creates a campus. I talked earlier about those spaces that you can't reposition them. I mean, locations is is key, but if I'm over there meeting with Sonder, because again, they're going to be brewing beer over there, right? They're going to have a tap room they can use for their private events so that they don't have to close their tap room down. And, and so all these things go on and when I'm over there, like, well, what's going on over there? It's still not, I'm like, you have no idea. Like I, first I take a breath, then I take a drink and I say, oh, well, you know, and then I, I kind of, I have to deliver. And nobody wants, nobody, they don't need like, you know, suffocated with all your BS. They just want to know, show me the baby. I don't want to hear about labor pains. When in reality, there's a lot of pain that goes into it. It's good. Right. But, but. I've always said that the neat thing about this, and I love how that carbon, that binding binding us together, because I personally think that we've created a building, a space where the aggregate is greater than the sum of the parts. However, the sum of the parts is really good because what you alluded to earlier was when you are blacked out, quote unquote, you know, from certain revenue. Imagine we were basing Revel, all the Revel revenue to cover expenses in 2020 and we can't do events and co-working is not, not a thing right? We've actually created it where contractual leases that are signed are covering the expenses where all the, the the major, you know, the major profit is coming from the other spaces that even if it is shut down, we're still able to maintain, maintain revenue. And so that was also key. But um, Dan, you had a thought earlier from something Mark said, I wanted you to kind of weigh in a little bit more as well.
1: You know, cost is one thing that kills projects. So if, if it's over budget, it's never going to get built. And so we're really conscious about How do we bring this in on budget? So we work closely with contractors and and construction companies to really hone that dollar value down exactly what it was. So Mark went through at the beginning of the project and actually did a whole narrative of the space just with almost like a test fit of like, here's what the finishes are going to be. Here's what the level of quality that we're looking for in these areas. Here's the price per square foot that we're thinking for these different materials. And we provided that information so we're still working within those guidelines or those brackets i'll say but it's still about focusing those dollars so you don't put it everywhere you know you don't gold leaf everything but you gold leaf the doorknobs or whatever it might be so they're just the special spots and so that's mm-hmm. what we that's that balance is always kind of this it's like a symphony it's like you know it's how do you create the correct balance that you know it's not too much because now you're over budget but it's enough that it understands and that everything plays together so that's what i was going to add
0: yeah so I'll, I'll ask this. I didn't ask earlier. and Now you got the mic in front of you. So again, very similar. So there's times where if I'm meeting with a client, I've always said, I think that both the client and the advisor, myself should be qualifying and disqualifying that person equally. You know, and I say, when we're connecting, you know, I want to learn more about you because I need to know if this is the right fit for me. Cause I'm look, I'm, I'm spending time away from the people that I love the most to do my, to, to take on my career. And I love my career. I refuse to take on a career where I got to do things or, or work with people that I don't want to be around. And that's not just co-working and staff and everything else. That's like my clients. I actually really enjoy my clients because they wouldn't be clients if I didn't. And I'm proud of that. I hope, I hope that's a, the greatest compliment to them as well, if they're listening. Um, and so for, for you, you know, when you're looking at these projects, have you gotten to a point where you're like, where you got to say in your heart of hearts, even though they may be thinking they can write that check up front, but you know, deep down that it's a project that won't wor- work out real well. Not that you're in the business of, of telling people they should or shouldn't do. Have you ever been in a position like that where you felt the conviction where you needed to say something to somebody and say, I don't know if this is a good idea?
1: Yeah. I think we've been in that situation often. i say not, not all the time, but it has happened in the past. And mm-hmm. um, there's nice ways to kind of tell people sometimes that we're just not really saying too, we're too busy, but we just can't, provide the best value for you at the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's, – it's, and it's hard to make that call sometimes. And we have kind of an internal process that we go through where we try to approve projects and we look at things. But a lot of times it is that relationship building that is really – you build relationships with people you want to work with, you know. And so, like, when you came to me with a project and we were friends before, it's like, well, that's great. And it's like I don't want to piss off, you know, somebody either and not be friends anymore because of the project, you know, either. So – that's a kind of a weird balance, one too. And sometimes, you know, depending on the friendship, they will um, bring something in, but they won't be involved in the day to day on it. But I feel like I still need to be involved in the day to day. And we have a good enough relationship where it's like, we know we can be honest and open and transparent enough with it all. So
0: um, now we can now we can pass this back and forth. I'm just curious though. So when you look at this overall project that you guys have poured a lot of time into, if you could pick. I'll let you pick two, maybe three. What are the two or three spot spaces that you absolutely th- are thinking? I can't. Oh, you're letting Mark start off. All right, <laughs> you're gonna hit cleanup. So, what are the two or three spaces you're like? I cannot wait to see if it's the functionality or the look or whatever. What are those spaces that you're most excited about? Um, and not everybody gets a ribbon here. You're gonna have to like limit it a little bit. Pick and choose. Yeah, that's not fair. Because I'm I'll, sure Dan will pick the ones you don't pick.
2: They're all they're all like little children to me. You know, <laughs> they, they care about. I mean. The amount of detail that you go into like creating one space is is intense. And then usually what happens in a project is you can take that and then you can kind of disseminate it around uh, the rest of the, the space because of commonalities, right? So if you think about an office, a lot of the offices may be the same. The open office may be a little bit different, and then the conference room is going to be a little bit different. But with Rebel, there are so many little niche markets to it that um, you basically I like have had to be... Had my hospitality hat on, my workplace hat on, my you know retail hat on, all these different things.
0: Futuristic.
2: My futuristic hat. We've been looking at color trends coming in in 2025, and using that to get us in the right direction. Looking at you know again, what's a generational one? Whether the textural ones, you know, what are the other haptic senses that we need to be activating? So, I mean, the first space that I'm going to say is the lobby space, because it's it's a two-story space that really is going to embody a lot of the, the activated carbon elements that we've been talking about. There's going to be a textural, almost like charred look wall to it. Um, there's going to be some ombres of like bringing some of the compression of what happens when you compress coal into and, and diamonds. Um, and there's greenery, so there's biophilia, which is about bringing nature into the built environment. And so I think, you know, when you first walk in, there's going to be a lot of things to look at, and your eyes going to be drawn to different ways, but I feel like you're going to get that sense of activation and then carbon put together. Um, I would say that I think the co-working space is the other one that I'm really interested in, just because um, we're doing some really unique activations in there, um, especially as it comes into some of the equipment that we're pulling in. So some of the partners that we're working with um, have... Uh, the equipment that we can use to build in that we may not normally get to. So we're going to have a smoothie machine and a salad machine, which is not something that might be typical, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then I think from there it's kind of um, it's probably equal. I would say, you know, I think I'm really excited about the Fortegic space um, because I think that's going to be different. I think it's going to be a great culture for you guys just based off of how you work. Um, the The tap room and the event spaces are probably equal as well too. Um, I, mean, I do no know. They've got all little details. That he can't like, do
0: it. He can't tell one kid he likes him no, more than the other.
2: It, so for us at, at MA, we don't copy design. Like we come up with an original design every single time we come up with a space. So I have never done the same detail twice in any of the projects that I've worked on in the past Uh, 17 years as a designer and so I'm very proud of that and I think that's a tribute to MA too because again we listen to our clients and their wants and needs versus coming in with what they want so Mm -hmm. there's little things that I've always dreamed about doing that I actually get to do with each project that I work on and so there's lots of little dreams that are happening with this project that I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we talked about this earlier today, but, you know, the, 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 the statements that I made were, you know, how many times have you been, and, and even if you're going to an out town wedding, I mean, I went to a beautiful wedding in Chicago a few years ago, and I actually liked going to different spots because you get to see different spots of a beautiful city. But by and large, when people are coming to Cincinnati, you know, I love our city, it's really like when you have grandparents and aunts and people come, let's use a wedding, or let's say you had somebody come in for a, a retirement party or a, 50, a 50, uh, 50th birthday party or whatever, graduation, Right you know, you, you don't want to, um, especially like a wedding or something, let's use a wedding as an example. It's like, okay, they're coming in maybe on Thursday, Friday's a rehearsal and that rehearsal dinner, uh, you got to go to the church then you got to go, or if that's where they're doing it, right. Generally speaking, um, or wherever the ceremony is being held, then you got to go to wherever the dinner is Mm -hmm. and then they come back to the hotel, which might be 30 miles away, 20 miles away. And then generally the hotel is actually closer to where the reception is. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have a space where you could literally do the rehearsal dinner entertain and do it like a, a quasi party for people that come in maybe the night before have the golf simulator, have the recording studio. If you want to do a message to the bride and the groom, yeah. um, have the tasting room where all the food's going to be, uh, plated, you know, heated, cooled, whatever, and brought out to the, to the space in the tap room where you're doing a smaller, more intimate dinner and then have this, the rehearsal dinner or the uh, reception the next day. Yep. And now you got hotels within two miles and you're in, you have a more consistent path um, and then the same with having corporate events that p- people have coming in from out of town. You want to uh, entertain some of those people the night before and have a really like a like a customized beer tasting from Sonder at the golf simulator up in the bourbon room. Um, and then the next day is where the event is. It's like uh, that that continuity is unbelievable. That's the carbon thinking, right, mm-hmm. that we were talking it's about. Binding
2: element. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's kind of funny because you, you talked about um, how we get to see projects from start to finish. You get to see events from start to finish, whether that's the bachelor party all the way through to the reception, too. Mm-hmm. But I think, it, you know, one other thing that really struck me in some of our first conversations was serving the community that this place is going to be in. Because that co-working facility is such a need right now with people doing a lot more work from home with a lot more hybrid working. There needs there needs to be a place where they can go outside of their house because research actually shows that you can do heads down work at home, but only if you have a dedicated space. So if you don't have a dedicated space, and I don't care if it's your your bedroom that still doesn't work because you're going to be interrupted constantly. So you still need a place to go to. And what I think about is great about what we're building um, with Rebel is that you're building a community in a community space that needs it, but you're also helping people form ties when social connection and social currency and culture is such an important thing that everybody needs to rebuild after the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that factor too.
0: Yes, absolutely. Oh, now, now you get, now you get your thoughts. So Dan, what, what are your what are you most excited about? When you look at this and say, Man, I can't wait to see it, walk through it, use it. What what gets you most excited?
1: Well, I'm hoping to have a key to the bourbon room. That's okay. I
0: mean. <laughs> and and your own locker, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Done, done.
1: Um, but no, I think that's those unique spaces. Um, you know, Mark touched a little bit about the, the co-working, which I think is gonna be uh, very interesting and, and unique. And we've done some co-working stuff before, but I feel like this is one that is definitely gonna be the step up a differently because it's usually co-working talks about the mini within the space, but the minis are going to be the whole building. And so it's really like, how does that building work the best? And, and so I think one of the things too, that's unique about the project and then I'll get to my two, two spots mm-hmm. is um, is it's really not going to be an eight to five destination. It's going to be a 20 hour destination or whatever it might be um, because you're going to have the eight o'clock in the morning people and you're going to have the late night people for events or whatever And it's going to be used. It's going to be used throughout the day. And so Mm -hmm. it's really a unique um, thing. And so I I think the bourbon room is going to be pretty cool because it's going to be this kind of speakeasy kind of feel space. And then um, the other one is the the tasting room. And I'm going to pull in the event center as well because I think once those two open up together and it's all open, it's going to feel like one big space. And it's going to be a really unique space for the building and for the area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, heck, I mean, I'll throw the, 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 the couple out that weren't brought up. I mean, there's going to be a rooftop, you know, like you talk about the energy. So let's say that you're it's it's a it's it's how many times are you in your office and you look out and I've seen your windows along. Where we're doing our conference calls you're like, man, it's 82 and sunny, you know, even even if it's the co-working people that want to go out and just make a call out there, sit down, feel some vitamin D, you know, hitting them. It, 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 you know, with some sun rays, it's like, okay, you can go out there. We, and there could be 15, 20 people out there, depending on how we, how we structure that right with, with, uh, with licensing and, and um, you know, just our, our, our codes, but it, it is a beautiful opportunity to go out and enjoy that. Not only that, but from the event space, you know, to be able to on a nice night go up um, it's actually uh, it's to the point now where the visibility will be. So where you can actually see the Kings Island fireworks, you know, four, three miles away. But, um, and, and I'm with you to be able to say, all right, today we've got a corporate group that says we want to take care of our top people. Okay. So we're going to open up our doors and we're going to have uh, continuity from the, the tasting room, the test kitchen with a, with a private chef that flows right into the tap, the tap room right there with custom Sonder beers on tap and whatever other things we want to have. And we're not selling them. That's just provided by the people that do the event. And then adjacent to the golf simulator which by the way we just made the final iteration on that today will be one side will be golf simulator the other other side will be a custom gaming area where people can have some fun with whether it's the Wii or the PlayStation or Xbox or whatever and even within that have a have a a, you know enough chairs and and a table where if you want to do some work there you could the continuity is what's really cool Um, or you shut one of them off and use two, or you just use one. You know, it can be parsed off that way. So from a monetization standpoint, we have, I, I keep calling them crumbs. These, these little crumbs are going to make a, a giant cookie because if we want to run out the recording studio, we can. If we want to utilize just this golf simulator for a custom four-hour board meeting for people to do an off-site deal, we can. Or if it's the tasting room, the tap room, or whatever, it's got so much potential. It's oh, it's, it's and the bourbon room. You know, to be able to use that as its own off site because that that has essentially become something where you could have a full team meeting in there. I mean, there's a bar area in there, there's there's nice seating, there's the lockers, you know, for the people who want to keep their 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 drinks up there. So just such a cool tie-in, you know, with everything. Yeah, I would
1: say too, is like the, the you mentioned about the co-working, like there's other co-working spaces that have gone in kind of around the area and across Cincinnati and Columbus and the Midwest but they usually take over a space. And so, you know, is it an old strip center that something failed and they've taken that over? Is it an old restaurant that failed and they've taken that over? Is it an old office floor and just an office building that they've taken over? But this is really, I think, a unique co-working space where this whole thing is being crafted with that in mind from day one. And so, like, really, it's like, you know, that's a use within the space, and now we're crafting the whole building around that. So how does that, you know, all tie in together and everything, which is unique from most co-working spaces.
0: Yeah. Well, I got to just say this. I know we're up against it now, but um, uh, and this goes to to you, Mark, to you, Dan, to your whole team. I mean, uh, Peter was here. You got a whole team of people. Um, we had a team member, um, the young lady that was helping us out in our vision, Lisa. Lisa, uh, what a what an awesome human being she is. She was so sweet and just diligent and working with us. Because you guys, you guys have to work with all of our personalities, which I don't know. That's, that's like being a parent, too, a little bit with us. But um, the one thing that's never changed, though, throughout is, 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 is our vision and our conviction and what we want to do. But from your team to Hinkle Schuler to Bunnell Hill, and I would extend it on to also our partners. Our partners, um, both with VC513, you know, my, my holdings partnership, and then the partnership within Revel Building Group, You know, these are people that are placing a lot of trust and a lot of faith in something, um, you know, I would say blindly, really, because this thing isn't done yet. So, you know, like anything, you got to have courage to step out and be a part of something that's not done yet. Um, and those are usually the, 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 ones that pay off, you know, um, if it were a sure thing, everybody would be doing it. You know, right. we've got a lot of people that have put a lot of trust, a lot of faith, a lot of time, a lot of heart in, into this project. And, and, uh, you guys have been with it from almost from the beginning. Um, and, uh, you know, so for me, I can say thank you to both of you. It's been, I, I've loved getting to know you guys, but especially you, Mark, I didn't know you as well. I've known Dan for a long time. Um that's how, that's how I've pegged his personality and his <laughs> colors so um so thank you for a being here today this is great sharing the vision and it's going to be great when we can actually do this the next time uh, maybe not the next time but one of the final times we do it we'll be doing it from our recording studio in the building yep. so um so gentlemen thank you and uh for our listeners we always appreciate you uh you know tuning in but this is your your dangling carrot for what is going to be the the best uh, office uh event space co-working space uh swiss army knife building in all of cincinnati uh, right in warren county in mason ohio so the rebel building um we are hoping to, to open doors q1 of 2022 and we'll be uh slowly starting our, our building project uh this year starting right around june so anyway thank you gentlemen i appreciate it and i look forward to to, to work with you guys moving forward thank
1: you yep. been a pleasure thank you